Welcome to the Tabletop Sportcast with your host, James Cast. This podcast is dedicated to my favorite hobby, tabletop sports. I'll review games in my collection, discuss how I approach different projects, and even recap the latest games from my tabletop. Have questions, thoughts, or feedback? Feel free to reach me at tabletopsportcast at gmail.com or check out the Tabletop Sportcast page on Facebook. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, take a minute to give us a five-star rating. Today is episode 41, and we're going to be talking about the various project types that I'll play on my tabletop, and hoping that this might help you figure out the best way to approach different projects that you're looking to undertake. Before we get into today's main topic, let's do a look back at the week that was on the tabletop. Uh, This past week, I was able to complete 16 gaming sessions uh, and a total of one, two, three, four, five, seven different games uh, that made it to the tabletop. My focus this month and my primary goal is to complete two projects of the Demo Derby Smashdown season. Uh, in which I was able to complete races 10 and 11, leaving me only one race left to go. Uh, By the end of the 11th race, uh, Rudy Petro has already won the season uh, points title, so it's really not much left to decide, but we will run race 12 just to see how things finish up. Uh, But Rudy Petro is going to be my 2021 season champ uh, after 12 races. Uh, I also am trying to wrap up my History Maker Baseball 1940 MLB AL mini replay. Um, And I did wrap up the AL regular season this week, played two games. Uh, The the focus was to finish the series between Detroit and Cleveland. And Cleveland lost game one of of the series, closing the lead to two games, but then with two games left in the season where I was able to beat Detroit uh, to lo- close it out. So it's all over there. Um, Cleveland wins the title. They will go on to face Cincinnati in the World Series, which I will be playing over the next couple weeks. In addition, it was a lot of like mix of football this week. Uh, second season Express came back to the table and first time in a long time. I have started a rumble season which i'll cover later in this episode uh using the 1967 afl nfl uh played two games this week atlanta at denver uh with denver winning 20 to 7 and then atlanta traveled to new orleans and new orleans won 45 to 21. also played grid zone the game by stone mountain press and uh grid zone i'm, I'm playing the american Grid Zone League, Season 1, using the teams that are given to you. And played all four games of Season 1, so Season 1 is in the books. Uh, And then I got Fast Drive Football on the table again for the first time in a couple weeks. Uh, Continuing my 1990 season replay, made it through about half of the Green Bay season, through through Week 6 now of that season, and they're off to a decent start. Um, They're almost, I think they're at 4-2 and to start the season. So off to a good start for Green Bay. Uh, 
a little bit of soccer blast this morning. I started a new project, the 1977 North American Soccer League, doing a tournament, kind of a weighted tournament. So I'll explain that a little bit later today too. But this was my number 18 seed Connecticut taking on the number 15 seed Portland. And Portland advanced easily, went in four to nothing, had four first half goals and basically shut down Connecticut after that. Uh, and then finally, it was Legends of Boxing as I continued the career campaign of Chris the Cannon Carter. Uh, he had elevated himself to the seasoned fighter status, and he had two fights this past week. We played, got two fights in the last couple days. Uh, the first one was a tight battle with uh, Richie Gonzalez, and it ended up being a majority decision for Carter. He dominated the final round, scored 18 punch points to just two for Gonzalez. Uh, the last was he dropped him, uh, put him to the mat uh, in the final seconds of the f of the final round. But Gonzalez made it to his feet, and but that was enough for the judges to basically give the decision to Carter in a pretty tight fight. His eighth fight was against Billy Murphy, uh, and Murphy ended up getting the fight stopped in the fifth round uh, with a TKO. So for Carter now, he's 8-0 with five knockouts, and he has earned enough reputation points to fight. His next fight will be a title fight in the regional division. So we'll see how that goes uh, the next time out. That was it. That was That's the week that was 16, again, sessions with seven different games, a good mix of games, and those are the weeks that I like to have. Uh, but let's now turn our attention to today's main topic. I think for most of us, when we are ordering new games or ordering card sets, our immediate impulse is to think big. Like we want to get a full season replay completed with that card set. And until we start to sit down and realize just how monumental the effort really is. And I don't think most of us are really willing to sign up for a project that could take us years to complete. Uh, there are definitely those out there who are willing to put in that kind of time, and I give a lot of credit to them for seeing things through. And I think if it's a really special project, we could probably see that happening. Um, I'm sure there are going to be times where I'm going to reach a season, and I'm just going to say, you know what, this is the one that I really want to see play out like in de full detail, keep all the stats, do all that. And, and if it takes years, then it takes years. Uh, but for the most part, that's not really what I'm looking to do. So as I've been doing a lot of my project planning and a lot of it focused on the idea of doing small, medium, and large type projects, I had to get a little bit more creative about the types of projects that I was going to bring to my tabletop. So what I'm going to do today is kind of run you through eight different project types. Uh, and, and for some of these, I have even slight variations on, on the theme. But I will talk through the different types of projects that I run through, and, and maybe they'll give you some ideas about how to do some projects on your own tabletop. And I would invite you, like my question of the week is basically if if you hear something or if you do something that I don't mention today, please like hit me up through email or send me a note on Facebook. Uh, I would love to hear like what kind of projects you're running so that I can maybe get some more ideas for my tabletop too. 
All right, so as we get into it, let's talk a little bit about the different project types. And we'll start at the top, which is, of course, like a full season replay. It's the easiest one to think about doing. It means basically that I'm going to play every single game of a season. I'm going to usually use some kind of as-played schedule to do this, or I'm going to do, like, for instance, with my... Uh, red, white, and blue racing, when you order a set, like I, right now I'm doing my 1990s stars. So when I ordered that set, it came with a set of tracks. Now I organized those tracks into my own schedule, but I figure if I run one race on every track, then that's basically like doing a season long project. Uh, now there's a good chance, and I know that it's probably the case that they probably ran multiple races at some of those tracks, but I'm going to basically treat it as like it's a season because I've gotten every single track to the tabletop for that set. But when I think about team sports, it generally means I'm going to do some kind of as-played schedule, and I won't opt for that a whole lot. Um, but there are some games, especially if you can mix in like some of the quick play events, for instance, when I did my 1973 NFL replay with second season, I played only about three of the, you know, 14 games every week. A lot of those I just did instant results for. Um, now that I wouldn't call like a full season project necessarily, but if I did something like fast drive football where I'm actually sitting down and playing out the game, even if it's a drive by drive sequence and not just doing an instant result, then I feel like I'm doing more of like a full season replay and, and mixing some things together. I think there are some interesting things you could do with a full season project where you mix games, kind of do that hybrid model. Uh, and I've talked about, you know, I'm going to try to at some point do like a hybrid model with fast drive football, second season express, and maybe even sprinkle in some actual second season. That I think would be like a fun project to do. And it's manageable because now I've got some quick play games in there. I've got some short term play games, and then I've got like some longer term games in there. And that's how you can make that a little bit more manageable. Um, the express games allow you to do this a little more easily too. And this has been the focus of a lot of the cooperative type projects that I'm trying to do as well, where we tag team and a lot of people get involved to help run a full season project because yes, it's monumental for me to do all those games, but what if there's a dozen of us helping to get a full season complete all of a sudden, we can get that done in a lot shorter time frame. So that's your full season. I think that's the one that most of us can default to first. Uh, the second version that I would do is a team season replay. And I've done this in a couple of cases. Uh, recently, I did my Liverpool FC uh, season replay where I played out the entire season for Liverpool of that 2020-21 uh, EPL league. I've also I also did my uh, um, 2019 Mets replay where I played all of their games, and again you can use the as played schedule like I did with Liverpool. You can do like some type of season that allows you to play the same number of games, but not necessarily in the same order. And that's what I did with my 2019 Mets. Uh, for the Mets, I figured just to 
just to make it easier for me to like ha- not have to constantly switch the teams. I organized my schedule where they played everybody and went worst to first, but I still got in 160 games. Um, so various different versions you can do of a team, but you're basically taking one team, you're seeing that team through the entire season. And that's what I would do for some of these leagues. Right now, uh, my newest project is going to be to replay the New York Rangers 2020-21 season. So I'm going to play that with Hockey Blast and replay all of their games. That one was a short season. Uh, it got you know impacted by COVID. So for me, it's a little more manageable than doing a full hockey season. So I said, you know, this could be a good opportunity to do that. So that was why I penciled that one in for, for that. Now, I'm also going to be doing a team season replay, and this is like project number three coming up here, but I am going to end up doing like a team replay for the Detroit Lions. But what I'm going to do differently between that and like my New York Rangers one is for the New York Rangers one, I'm going to keep full stats for the Rangers. I'm going to try to track a lot of the stats like, you know, plus minus ratings, like, you know, scoring, all that kind of stuff. With my Detroit Lions 1994 season, my focus is more on Barry Sanders himself. So this is project three, number three, which is an individual performance. I'm going to focus in on a specific individual and see them through. A lot of times it means playing a full team replay, but it's how much stat keeping I do. So, for instance, with my 1994 Detroit one, I am only writing, keeping track of Barry Sanders' stats. From a usage standpoint, I kind of do check marks to make sure I know how much everybody else is being used, but I'm not really doing a lot yet with um, – I'm not trying to keep track of everybody's stats overall. The next piece there would be from an individual performance – if, you know, sometimes those players don't play the full season that the team does. So, for instance, um, this later this year, I'll be doing a replay where I do, I kind of do a what if scenario, uh, which is another variant you can do with any of these types of projects. But Tom Seaver in 1985, not going to the White Sox, but instead staying with the Mets. And I'm going to, replay his 35 starts but with the Mets behind him so in that case I'm not going to do the whole Mets season I'm just going to do 35 games worth and that's another way of doing like a simplified individual performance replay so that's uh, project type number three is just track the stats for a particular individual that you really want to follow through and see their season play out Project type number four is a mini season. And that's what I've been doing with this 1940 American League is instead of playing out the entire season, I basically said, you know, this got to be a really tight race. Uh, For a long time, it was basically a five-team race for the American League pennant. So I went through the standings and I found a point in time and it turned out to be like a September 11th of 1940. And at that point in the season, I'll just pull this up quick, but um, at that point in the season, all five teams had a shot. 
Now, three of the eight teams, the Philadelphia Athletics, the uh, Washington Senators, and the St. Louis Browns, they were out of it. I mean, they were they were already pretty much eliminated or on the verge of being eliminated uh, on September 11th. But the rest of the five teams at that point in time, you had uh, Detroit leading by half a game over Cleveland, by one game over the Yankees, by five games over Boston, and by six and a half over the White Sox. And most of those teams had still about 20 games left to play. So they are all pretty much in it. And what I did then is I just kept playing it until I eliminated teams. And as I eliminated them and a game didn't have any teams that were still in contention, I then turned those games over to an instant result. Um, But played any game that had meaning, meaning there was still a team in contention. And that was a mini-season approach. Another mini-season approach could be just picking the number of games you want to play. Like a baseball season is 162 games, but you might say, well, you know what, I don't want to play 162 games. I only want to play like 40 games. And then making up your own schedule and playing out that season. So you might say, well, I've got an, you know, if it was 1940, I might say, well, I've got an eight-team league. I've got to play – there's seven teams I have to play in the AL – um, maybe I play 42 games, you know, Eat, play everybody six times, three go on the home, three home games, three road games. And then all of a sudden I have like 42 games per team. That'd be a mini season. Um, so there's a lot of different ways you can do a mini season, but it's really dependent upon how many games are you willing to play and how big of a project do you want to make it? So lots of opportunities to do that. I figured mine for the 1940, was going to be about 77 games if I had to play it all the way out. In the end, a lot of those games ended up moving over to instant results, so I think I ended up with probably about 50 or so games that I ended up playing. So it was a lot more manageable. Okay, project type number five would be to set up a tournament. And I think this is a nice, easy way to make a small-sized project uh, and it's a great way to get introduced to a game, too, to just have a few games that you're going to play. I had done this recently with my 2019 like National League lacrosse season using Lacrosse Blast. Uh, it was a 12-team league, and I basically just set up a bracket with 12 teams. Played those games, one and done, um, just you know, single elimination type tournament. Now, what I'm doing for my North American Soccer League is more of a weighted season, and I'll put this the photo of it out on my Facebook page, and it's also on my website. But what I'm doing there is the higher the seed, the fewer games that they're going to be required to play. So I basically start with like the lowest four teams playing for one spot. And then I have the like next six teams or so playing for a couple of spots. And every round of the tournament or so, or every two rounds, I'm introducing higher seed teams into the tournament. And you'll see what the bracket looks like, but I call that kind of a weighted tournament. Um, and and I've set it up so that basically uh, La- the Fort Lauderdale, which is the number one seed, just has to play the winner of everything else. And they are only really going to have to win one game to win the whole tournament. Uh, I'm even thinking about making that like a 
if they win, they win. If they lose, the other team's got to beat them a second time. I haven't decided yet, but they're only going to really have to play like the one game in that tournament. Uh, the second and third seeds are only going to really have to play like, uh, you know, two games before the final. So they'll play like three games total. And that's basically how I've set those those formats up, um, where you're constantly introducing new teams into the bracket uh, to keep the tournament going. So you can kind of get a look at that on the Facebook page to get an idea about what that looks like for a weighted tournament. But the tournament style works really good. You can make those into series. Uh, I know a lot of people will set up like, um, you know, you get like a great team set, right? And you just want to play like, let me play best of five or best of three. And every round you play like a three game set. So a tournament can really lead to a much smaller size project, but also still allow you to get every team within the set like into your project. A similar type project would be a king of the mountain uh, project. And, and what I do with the king of the mountain projects is I don't really necessarily set like a set amount of time that I'm going to do it for. Uh, well, I guess I do. I, I, I'll figure out how many games I want to play total or just how many times I want to go through it. But the idea of the king of the mountain is you keep the winner and keep playing with the, whichever team has won. Uh, I did this with the all-time great hockey set that I had for Hockey Blast. And I, in that case, I just wanted to get one intro game. I was really just learning how to play Hockey Blast and uh, just set it up so that I just decided an order for the teams and the winner stayed. So I carried it through. And if you lost, you were out. Um, if you won, you advanced. And I could have, like, brought them back around again, right? I could have gotten through the whole round and then said, okay, let's go through again and keep the winner going and just see what their total records end up being. So King of the Mountain is a nice, simple tournament. It's great for individual sports. Like I could do that with um, Legends of Boxing would be a good example of where I could do like a King of the Mountain type of a, an event. Um, and I do kind of do that with my Legends of Boxing where I always have – Everything is a championship fight. Every fight I have is basically a championship fight, and the champion stays. And then the next opponent comes, and they face the champion. Uh, and that's basically how I do that. So king of the mountain, keep your winners on there, and try not to, you know, and just eliminate the losers or put them on the side until it's their turn again. All right, project seven is a World Cup type tournament now it is a tournament but it's a slightly different thing because as you know with the world cup what you do is really two phases of a tournament first is like a group play where you do a simple round robin um you'll have a set number of games that you play and then whoever has the best record advances out of that group and they get pushed to the knockout stage uh they use this a lot in soccer tournaments obviously world cup you've got the um you know, Euro tournaments are set up that way. Uh, they also use it in like Olympic hockey or Olympic basketball. So there's a lot of different places where they use that kind of World Cup style tournament. And it's a great way, again, to get a lot of teams in there, do like a mini project because you're only asking them to play a couple of games. And then all of a sudden you eliminate like half your teams, if not more, to get down to your knockout stage. And then you can kind of see it all the way through. 
So a World Cup style leads to a very manageable project size. And, you know, you can use it for just about any type of sport. I use it a lot with my Fury Sports. Uh, currently doing it with my Fury Hardball. Uh, we did it for the Euro uh, Cooperative Project. And, yeah, just a lot of places that you can use that kind of style uh, of tournament. And then the last one is uh, something I did where I tried to design for team sports something like the Royal Rumble uh, in wrestling. And I call it a, a rumble tournament. And the idea is basically I decide how many outs each team gets. Um, like right now, I've just kicked that off for the 1967 AFL-NFL season. And I'm doing three outs per team. So every team will get a chance to lose three games. Now, what I do is I start with two teams. This is where the rumble format kind of comes in. I start with two teams. The winner moves up a, a spot. The loser stays in the first spot. Then I bring in team number three. They play the first team. Loser stays. Winner plays the second team. Um, and then you're constantly reworking your rankings. If you win, you advance to the next game. If you lose, you fall back. And when I get to the top of that ladder, then I stop and we reset. And I bring the next team in. And... The only time a team will leave that ladder is when they get three losses. So, for instance, I played just the first two games, Atlanta being the first team in, lost to Denver. They then have to face the second, the third team, which was New Orleans. Atlanta loses again. So Atlanta's in the first rung of the ladder. They will face, face team four when it's time. And if they lose that game, they are out of the tournament with an 0-3 record. Uh, I found this is really effective. It 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 gets a it makes it into like a more of a mini season, but you're constantly seeing like different teams and creating all different kinds of matchups, and there's really no there's a lot of randomness to it. And I think it's just like a fun way to set up a tournament. So using that rumble style can be a great way to one get all the teams in a set engaged. Two can give you just like a nice, easy approach to setting up a season. You don't have to do any planning ahead of time. You just start picking teams and letting them play out. And then three, you will end up with a team that has not lost the three games. Everybody else will eventually lose the three games, and that team that's still standing is the champion, just kind of like in that Royal Rumble format. So that's it. Eight different project types to help you organize things on your tabletop. You can hear from those. There's a lot of different sizes to those. And I would just encourage you to try to think through those, pick different styles that you might want to play. Um, give me some feedback, like let me know how they go if you try any of these. And especially if you try some of the different ones, like the Rumble one, love to hear how that worked for you. And that's it for this week's episode. So uh, next week... I will be doing a retrospective of the Demo Derby Smashdown season that I did. Uh, and also talking a little bit about as I play the first series of my newest co-op league, the, 19, the 1961 Centennial League. Um, I'll, I'll walk you through basically what that set looks like uh, that was offered from Play Games and how we're running through that cooperative project. All right, thanks for listening and hope you 
continue to support this podcast. Appreciate it. Thank you.